When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chad and Zay. Ain't nothing going on but this bomb-ass rap song. Welcome back, Chad and Zay on the horn, 1049, 1019 AM 1260. I am Zay Collier. Follow me on Twitter, ain't that underscore Zay. Joined by Ty Henderson. Producer for BNE, and he does so many other things. Follow him on Twitter at Texas Guy Ty. Chad Hastings will be back on Monday from hopefully a very relaxing, very well deserved, excuse me, very well deserved vacation. And we come back to some Ice Cube. You know how we do it. Whoa. Yo, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's your Westlake coming out. That's your Westlake coming out. As, as much hip-hop as you listen to, as swaggy as you can be, there's going to be some things that you can't change, dog. And that's that. What yeah. we just heard right there. That's Westlake Choir for that's you. <laughs> Stay champs. Are you, uh, just because like, you're a little young, you're still in your 20s, where where does Ice Cube rank for you? Like, do you have? Because you you know you like old school well, rap, just but he's West Coast. You talked about Southern rap. Yeah, I mean, I'm more. I I, I like the. I, I'm, it's not like I'm. I'm more of an East Coast guy. If right. I'm not listening to the third the mecca coast. of hip hop, makes sense. Um, but no, I like Ice Cube. I mean, he's got some some killer lyrics back in the day. He kind of went soft though. What what would, what would the movie say he was in? Uh, oh, are we there yet? Yeah. <laughs> are we done yet? Yeah, Cube. Hey, make that money, Cube. I can't knock it. You make that money, you know. Being able to have that range that says a lot yeah. about him. But yeah, he did go soft. I did. Uh, I did cry when I saw the Straight Outta Compton movie in theaters. Did you really? When, when Easy E. Oh yeah, that's sad, man. It is. Sad. It's kind of. <laughs> And they make it look really bad too, because we all know he died from AIDS. Well, what he but says, like, what he says, like the whole time, like, when they're having parties, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go get me some right now." And I'm like, "Okay, easy, go get you some, but strap up, just strap up, dog. That's all you have to do." Man, I like, what do, you th- do you think he would be like up there? Wealth wise, with like the Ice Cubes and Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, yeah. like, taking over everything. I, I think so. I think he'd be right there with all those guys. Even with all that beef you had with him towards the end? Yeah, yeah, because you're starting to see a lot of those guys, except 50 Cent. Like, 50 Cent's the only rapper that doesn't get over beef, like, ever. But when you have Jay-Z, like, look at where Jay-Z is, which you could obviously say would Dre be what Dre is or would Snoop be what Snoop is if Easy would be alive. Because I don't know if that would be true, just because Easy's so big. Kind of like with, would Jay-Z be as big as he is if Biggie were alive or Pac? True. You know, all those guys. So I don't know, but yeah, I, I think Easy e would have. I mean, I think Dr. Know. Dre was going to be big no matter what, just from, from his production skills. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it is sad though. The whole he was cut from a different cloth though than those other. I feel like he was a little bit more gangsta. Who easy than than the rest of them? Oh yeah, easy was. What's what, Crip and selling drugs and that's stuff? That's how like, he fun funded it. Yeah, right? that's like, Ruthless it? Records. That's how it came about, <laughs> like drug dealing money, which if you go and look at the history of hip-hop, a lot of record companies and guys got started from selling that cane and, you know, somehow getting a rap deal. Like Jay-Z talks about it all the time, you know. He was on my- Selling on my, the rock, now I'm with the rock. He was on my music survey as my most overrated really? artist. With Craig Wayne, though? Mm-hmm. Why? I'm just not. Obviously, I, I don't. I think I realize Jay Z's good, and I like mm-hmm. some, some of his songs, but I'm just not. Out of his style, his voice, it doesn't really. Is it because he's so tight with Braun? I mean, that doesn't help. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You're not, you're not helping his case with me at all. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't know. It's just I never really liked his style as much. Are you more of a Nas guy? I like Nas. Uh, yeah. That's the thing is when they, when the New York scene shifted to the Nas Jay Z era uh-huh. after biggie that's when it kind of watered down for you yeah i i, I kind of my knowledge and love for the the, the new york east east coast rap kind of stops there interesting but i do like i like Nas better than yeah he just Jay-Z. dropped the album today magic 2 i already listened to it it's really good how old is he oh man when do you stop rapping that's see, that, that's the thing, man. I hate the stigma with rap because if you look at these groups like Aerosmith, like Craig's about to go see Bob Skaz, like Bob Skaz soon. You know what I'm saying? Like all these old guys, like in rock and you know the '80s era stuff, they go out perform Metallica, Kiss. I don't know if those guys, but they do it till they're old and gray and stuff. And then with hip hop, there's always this stigma of you can't do it for very long because well, it's it just gets not, played out. Yeah, I mean, when Jay-Z came, part of the reason why I don't like him was when he came to ACL and I saw him and I got in a fight at that concert. Well, that, that's well, a, I've told go. you that story before. We don't even need to go back over that. But it was like he was taking a break after every song. Be like, all right, all right. Really? Uh, I need to get I'll back in a minute and just like chugging some water, just being an old man. Like, yeah, maybe if you're going to try to bring that energy, you got to really bring it. If you're yeah, gonna, but, you know, rap concerts aren't, also, in general, aren't as they don't. At least in my experience, don't tend to be as good. But a really good rap concert, someone that can perform, is the best concert, in my opinion. Yeah, it's the best rap concerts are in tighter venues. You know, where okay. it's not like as spread out like festivals. It's a little oh, yeah, tougher. I, Kendrick Lamar at ACL is a good example. Like he killed it. But both, okay. both times I've seen him at ACL, it's been like right. he's a legitimate performer. He doesn't need an insane amount of auto tune or anything. He actually spits his lyrics on the spot. They're not just playing in the background. He's saying like every third word. Yeah. See, like Dot gets hyped. Kendrick Lamar he gets hype in some of his songs because some of his songs are pretty intense. I think Jay Z is so laid back that it could be hard for him to, like, get the crowd up and get the crowd hype and stuff. Like, he used, he even talked about when he toured with DMX back in the day, because think about DMX. Think about, like, how hype he was. And then Those just, videos. Growling and stuff. Like, barking at the crowd and cussing and yeah. spitting and slobbering. And then, like, Hove would say how difficult it was to go after DMX just because he's such a different vibe and stuff like that. So if you're... Yeah, but Jay-Z still gets, like, it's not like he's playing his... Soft songs. He's still playing like Izzo and that, that's Izzo's, a high. Sp- Izzo's, a, Izzo's pretty soft in a way though. Izzo isn't. A- I mean, it's not DMX. Yeah, exactly. Like- you know, did Izzo compared to Rough Riders Anthem? Stop. <laughs> Drop. 
shut them down, open up shop. Like, there, I don't think you – is there a Jay-Z song that you could pick, which I know you're not a big fan, but I don't think there's a Jay-Z song I could go through that says, you know what, if I was going to fight somebody, I would jam this. Hove doesn't have any of those. Yeah, yeah. It might be Takeover when he's dissing Nas, his, like, diss track for Nas. That might be the closest thing, but still it's Hove's laid-back, smooth, like, demeanor dissing So what's your opinion on a Kanye concert, then? Same uh, thing? Or does Kanye no, have high- No, I think Kanye has a little more He's high. great live. Yeah. My, every time I've seen him. Yeah, like Twisted Dark Fantasy and all that stuff. Like, I, I, I think he has a... He could get hype and get a little crazy and jump around and stuff and do a lot of stomping and, yeah, get the crowd up where they're... 21 Savage. Jumping. That I don't think he, he said more than twenty words in the microphone the entire time at the concert, but I was, I was lit, so it was good. Yeah. good. He's a guy that I put on my overrated list. Really? Yeah. It's more with him. It's more about Metro Boomin. Yeah, it's producer. Yes, and a producer could take you a very long yeah. way. Think how much money that dude is making. Absolutely. Has made. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like having a offensive coordinator and. If you have a really good offensive coordinator and you play quarterback, they can make you look very good, and then they'll leave, and then you'll come back looking a little mediocre. Yeah. If 21 Savage goes and works with somebody that's 21 not Savage Metro a, Boom. He's a system player. <laughs> he's a Kurt Cousins style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, man. Yes. I want to get your thoughts on this Texas Longhorn football team for this upcoming season. Steve Sarkeesian has – made it known that this is his team. They're talking the way he wants to talk. They're acting the way that he wants to act. They're deep. He recruited very well. You know, guys that should have came back did and Jordan Whittington. And I think the defense is going to be underrated when you got guys back like Jaron Thompson, who had an underrated season, Jolly Barron, Ryan Watts, obviously Jaden Ford, Byron Murphy. I don't think we talk about the defense enough because we know what the offense can be. But what are your expectations going into 2023, knowing that it's the last season in the Big 12 and everybody and their mama is picking Texas to go to Jerry World? Got to win every game. Wow. That's my expectation going in every year. But this year, I feel like it means – I mean it more when I say it. You know, I, I never go into any week thinking that Texas is going to lose. I will. I am a homer. I, I'm not afraid to admit that. But the ex, the talent is there. The you got a quarterback that – I mean, if he takes that one – that next step, I feel like can carry you, can can be one of those top-flight quarterbacks in the nation. The defense, the lines of scrimmage look different than they did to what, two years ago when we played Arkansas in Fayetteville. God, that, that was game was bad. Yeah, that was it, one of the worst games. I've you can ever see seen. the difference though, just looking at these guys. It looks this team looks like an SEC football team. I think. I mean, if you beat Alabama, the the sky's the limit. I, I think college football playoffs should be the goal. But obviously, you got to win the Big Twelve in the last year first. Yeah, yeah, and I think they should get to Jerry World too. I don't know if I expect them to win every single game. I think this schedule they should. Yeah, yeah. Bar- Alabama. I, we should have won that game last year. And this team is better, and Alabama's worse. So in my eyes, yes, you should win that game, even though it is in Tuscaloosa. And if you can win, if you if you're expected to beat Alabama, you should be expected to beat every other team on the schedule. Yeah, Alabama has a three way battle going on at quarterback, and I I think it's going to be Jalen Milrow at the end of the day. I don't know. He can't throw. I'll take that. I'll take that. Me too. Who's the other guy? Ty Simpson. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's different for Saban. He doesn't usually have those problems going into every season, even though 
literally in a national championship game, he benched his guy, put in his backup who got selected fifth overall in the draft when it was his time. So that's a little different. Like, but this this is a very uncomfortable situation for him. And you could tell by the way that he's been speaking and like SEC media days and yeah. stuff. Like he doesn't have that same, you know, confidence that he once did. I know it grinds his gears having his assistants now thrive, especially Kirby Smart, who just went back to back at the University of Georgia. But I'm right there with you. Them going to Tuscaloosa, they need to win that game. I expect them to win that game. It's just this Big 12 schedule on your way out, knowing what we know on how it being the University of Texas and nobody wants you to win and the hose jobs that can go into that, like I'll never forget the Oklahoma State yeah, game. Yeah, that, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. You're just going to have to play good enough to where that doesn't matter. You're going to play through it. That's the scariest thing. Like, Can they get to that point? Can Sark press all the right buttons where the refs aren't going to matter uh, the adjustments that the defensive coordinators and the other team throws at you in the second half, that doesn't matter. And you could just roll because you have that depth. You have that roster. You brought guys like A.D. Mitchell in to where Xavier Wordy, he ain't going to get that, you know, bracket coverage and all well, eyes on him. You know how I them. feel about him. I do know how you feel about him. And you know what? I get it, but also – you got to throw a lot of that on Sark. Like, Sark, well, if a guy has a broken hand, I'm not going to him. I feel like 75% of the plays. He dropped the same amount of balls the year before. But the numbers were a lot better, though. I, okay. So, yeah, because so, he didn't have a broken hand. But he, he still, and he, I want to say, you know, there's a lot. Probably got less targets freshman year. Same amount of drops, if not maybe one or two more. I don't know. I mean, he's a great talent. Yeah. Just like catch the ball, dude. But uh, but Come on. with that freshman year, him coming in as a freshman, it's kind of like we don't know much about you. Yes, the weeks go on, and you know he had a great season, and the team started to adjust for. Him I just that don't want. I just year. don't want him to be a John Burt. It was just. <laughs> I think it was just so easy to focus on him because you knew that's who only Quinn Ewers was looking. Yeah. At. No. No. I, yeah. We were throwing the deep ball. Was trash. Why are we on first and ten? Why are we throwing it fifty yards down the field? Things that didn't make no sense. Four times a game Bijan, on first down. Bijan didn't get the ball enough last year, even though he won the award for best running back in the league. And Sart somehow says that having him, we kind of focused on having Bijan and Roshan last year. I didn't understand him saying that, but whatever. Maybe he's playing mind games with the rest of the Big Twelve. I don't know. These coaches play mind games. I still think Mike McCarthy isn't telling us the full truth about him being serious about the run game. I think that's just a I don't even think he, I don't even think he knows the truth. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Just, like, he's just I, buying time. Oh yeah, just buying time. Just saying stuff. Like coaches just say stuff and you know you gotta take it with a grain of salt, but I a lots on Steve Sarkeesian, and like you just mentioned uh, uh, when we first started uh, talking about Texas football, Quinn Ewers doing all the right things to show that he's maturing. Yes, the fresh fade, that's nice and stuff, but just taking care of his body, eating better. You know, hearing them talk to Craig at Big 12 Media Day saying he ain't hitting the Chick-fil-A no more, which – I thought that was healthy. (laughs) Maybe for you and me, but for uh, an all-world athlete, not so much. Especially, you know, depending on what you get, all the sauces and stuff, it could get a little bit hefty there. But But the way way his teammates are talking about him is the the biggest thing for me. You know, we had – I 
a few, probably about a month ago, maybe a little bit more uh, longer, Michael Taff came on one of the weekend shows. Taffy. And talked, you know, he, great interview. That he, He'll have a future in whatever he wants to do after football. Oh, for but, sure. But I've talked to him. He, he's, he's got his eyes on the NFL. Stop. He does. Taffy. Yeah. He, I mean, hey. Nobody, he got to show me nobody, something this nobody year. Thought, I know he got that scholarship. Nobody thought wow. he'd ever play at Texas as a walk-on. He started a game last year. So, hey, hey there was a former walk-on that was that became the number one pick that was from yeah, this if area. You, if just you believe like in Taft. yourself, yeah, and Baker Mayfield, limit. exactly. But anyways, he was talking like talking about how the team has grown together as a family. It's not like they hated each other before or anything, but the the commitment to like spending time together and enjoying it, and having Quinn there, who obviously isn't the biggest vocal leader, but at least him showing the effort, putting in the effort to be around his teammates, develop relationships, genuine relationships. That's huge. Cause at Wesley, that was the biggest thing for us that made us successful because, you know, we weren't the best athletes, but if you had that com- camaraderie in the locker room, that's that's you get championship-level stuff right, right there. Right. I guarantee you in the Alabama locker room, no matter what, who's taking each other's you're fine for positions, but they also have mutual respect for each other and, yeah. lo- and legitimate love for each other. Yeah, because those guys at Alabama, they relate to one another the way that Nick Saban treats them. I don't think he calls you by your name until like the season's over with and you're in your second year. I heard Bryce uh, Young and Will Anderson talking about that when they were doing their whole pre-draft process and doing interviews and stuff. They talked about how great of a day it was when Saban didn't just say their number. Said their name like it was Will like your dad, your, your dad recognizing you. Yeah, for the first time. <laughs> I, like they were like, "Oh my gosh!" He said he called me Bryce. Like, wow. So those guys can relate to that point. But I, I feel like you, Sark, I Sark's way more personable. Way more, way more. Now he took a lot from Nick Saban, which he should, greatest college coach of all time. But you gotta find your own philosophy and your own way of going about things. I think he's learned from Southern Cal. I think he's learned from Washington. I think he's learned as an analyst. I think he's learned his time in the Atlanta Falcons in the NFL. And now he's putting all that together with him being at the University of Texas, which that's a whole different responsibility in itself. But He's done it the right way. I, I'm I've been very impressed with going from five and seven to eight and five. Even though both of those seasons, that's not the expectation here. But with the recruiting class that he's brought in, just the whole vibe that you're getting from everybody in the locker room, the assistant coaches, what they're doing. I like Chris Jackson. I love Bo Davis and Deshard Choice. Yeah, Deshard Choice. Like all of those guys. It's starting to click at the right time. We just got to see it on the field. It's Kool-Aid season. It is, man. It is. It's hot I, out. I might have a little rum in mind, straight up. It's I don't hot. need to drink like that. <laughs> I like that's That's how I'm feeling. This is Chad and Zay on the horn, joined by Ty Henderson, filling in for Chad Hasten, who's on vacation. I am Zay Collier. It's the horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. Stream us live at hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, yeah. Round and round, round they go. I get around. Chad and Zay. 
the underground when we come around. Around and round, round and Stronger than ever. Welcome back, Chad and Zay on the horn on this Friday, 1049-1019 AM1260. See, Hastings will be back on Monday. I am Zay Collier, joined by Ty Henderson. Time flies by when you're having fun. It's been a great day of sports talk and all other crazy mess that me and Ty have got into. Enjoy being on air with you, my friend. You too, man. Absolutely, man. You do a great job around here. Like I mentioned in the first segment, you and I share a special bond by being former B&E producers. Because if you don't know, which a lot of people have never produced before, yet alone that show, those guys, as great as they are, they could be much to work with. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They could be much to work with. They're, They're professionals for a reason. And they need things in a particular way, which is why the show has been running for over two decades and has been one of the most iconic shows in Central Texas sports history. And the fact that you and I have been a part of that, like, it's... that we're eternally always, grateful. Oh, eternally grateful. Absolutely. So, shout out to Bucky and Aaron and coming back with a little Tupac Shakur. I get around right before he went death row, right before Pac got out of control. Like right when he got out of jail, when, Shug, when like, he got him out of yeah, jail, yeah, when Suge got him out, that that changed everything. That changed hip hop. That moment right there. Is he kind of a poser gangster? Who? Tupac. Is that uh, why Snoop? Is that why Snoop kind of didn't really like him? It, it's interesting because I wouldn't say poser. I would say he had a lot of different personalities, and. You, you, know, you know that, like, him and Jada Pickett go back because they were in, like, what, like, acting school in the like, grade school yeah, back he, in New he, York? Yeah, he went to, like, theater arts school. Yeah, exactly. So he was he was being, in a way, like, trained to be an entertainer. And he used that. Like, he, knew, he was so intelligent and so street smart and, like, you know, he just knew so many different things that— A bit of a chameleon. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's hard to diss the dead, especially against – I'm a 91 baby, so Pac died in 96. Like, I like I just know the history of hip-hop and stuff. But, yeah, man, I – he was interesting. He was very interesting and well-rounded guy. But, yeah, I'm not there was definitely you for asking that poser question at all. But like, that's a legitimate – Yeah, it's a legitimate question. Because, like, how do you go from – stomping somebody out in Vegas and then back in the day like you were a theater arts acting kid going to school with Jay the Pickett you know I'm not saying that he didn't have struggles and stuff but you know his mom was like Black a former Panther. Black Panther and yeah it's very righteous back in the day so yeah Pac he he had range he had range and wasn't a bad actor either like, we and Chad reviewed Above the Rim and Pac, as bad as that movie is, which it's one of those, like, it's so bad, it's good movies, but Pac, he's, he stood out. He's still living uh, rent-free in Will Smith's dome. Yeah, exactly. Which is tough for Will. It ain't his fault. It's, it's his wife. It's his I, lady, I mean, Jada. She, she was wrong He did it to himself. She did it. No, she, no, he didn't. That, in that be- interview where she's just basically like, yeah, I cheat on you. Like, yeah, I needed something different. She and he, and he's did? Just like, when did she he's say like, that? Mm. You're going to have to find me mm. this. I ain't he's never like, heard right. that time. Mm. All right. I ain't never heard that time. I know she had a red table talk. Why doesn't she love me? <laughs> 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 
come she don't love me, man. Yeah, if you haven't been listening to our show, Ty and I got into the Fresh Prince because him and I both love the Fresh Prince, and we talked a little Will Smith and talked about the iconic episodes there. Somebody uh, helped remind me of an episode where Will got shot and Carlton wanted revenge. Like Carlton was on <laughs> his, yeah, Carlton was on his mobster gangster stuff. Like, nah, that boy from Bel Air, that's my cousin. And they had to take the gun away from him. And it was oh, hard. Yeah, 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 it was hard for him. To that was probably that gun. the later seasons. Yeah, later seasons. Started running like, out of ideas. Yeah, when Will was in the, um, he was in the ER in the bed, and Carlton like flipped the uh, uh, the tray with the food on it. Like he was hot. Carlton was hot. They had some deep episodes, man. There was also that episode where both of those guys were trying to be in the fraternity, and the dude wanted Will in, but not Carlton because he wasn't black enough. Oh. Yeah, like for his taste. God, I need to go back. And Which then... I'm telling you, bro, like they were. I re- there was one where I remember Will, Will gets married just so he can have sex with the girl. Wow. You remember that? Like, and, and, and I don't know. That, yeah. There's so many. They're all popping in right now. Uh-huh. I used to TiVo every episode on Nick at Night, so I had them, <laughs> I had them all ready to go. That Full House. Cosby um, Show? Uh, Cosby Show, not as much. Okay. Home Improvement. Oh, wow. Um, Fresh Prince, yeah. Yeah. Those were the main ones. Yeah. George Lopez. Okay, George Lopez. I'll mess with that. George Lopez, hilarious. Angie? You kidding me? Or she, no, is it Carmen? His, no, Angie's his wife. His wife was bad. Yeah. She's really bad. She was the mom in Selena's. What's Selena's? Well, Selena. I always say Selena's because that's what they say in the movie when, you know, Selena, San Antonio, Corpus Christi, I mean, you don't know Selena, Ty? What, it's a movie? Yeah, the movie, the singer, Selena, oh. Legendary Texan. I've never seen the it. The no. music. No, never, but you know about her, right? Yes, yes Okay. Yes. Yeah, the movie J-Lo plays her, and it was a lot of crap on that J-Lo because she's not Mexican. She's like Puerto Rican. Weekend. Yeah, exactly. But J-Lo killed that role. That was probably one of her best. Jenny from the block. Yeah, that was probably her best work because, again, J-Lo, she ain't no Tupac. Let's say that. Like when it comes to <laughs> cinema in Hollywood, made in Manhattan, all those awful joints. Nah, well, she, she was a singer. She was a singer first, right? J-Lo. Yeah. She was a dancer first. Uh, Living Color. I think that's where she got big. I'm kind of dancing. Which. Not like old dancing. She was just like Laker girlish, but she was on Living Color, Keenan Irie Wayne's, which was basically the black Saturday Night Live back in the nineties. The Wayne's Bros. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. See you showing your West like that, Ty. <laughs> showing your West like that's what time to move on. Why today matters. That's our cue. Why today matters. Brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get Sinus and Snoring Relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Oh my gosh, man. I know people out here that are listening to us. Y'all are you're, you're showing your age right there too, Ty. Not knowing living color. That's where Jim Carrey got his big break. Yeah, right, his name is, was James Carrey. Flying right over my head. Yo, that's where Jim Carrey. James Carrey. They, yes, he was James Carrey back then, and I guess he shortened it up Jim once he got a big career and got Ace Ventura and the Mask and all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of people got big from Living Color. Tommy Davidson, Jamie Foxx, like yeah. And you're man. saying this was a, a Black Saturday Night Live, basically. Yes. Well, yeah, why was, was why was James Carey on it? That's what I'm saying. Like they needed that token, just like Chris Rock was the token for Saturday Night Live and Eddie Murphy. All those guys were token okay. for SNL. All you right. know, SNL's great, but still, like it. The, Bill, the, color was, the Bill Burr of the Chappelle Show, kind of. 
Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But where are we at? Society today, uh, or excuse me, why today matters. I'm getting my segments mixed up. Today would have been Robin Williams' birthday. R.I.P. Sad. Very sad. Jumanji's my joint. Miss Doubtfire. Like, Miss Doubtfire in the 90s, it probably took a lot to do that. I've and still never seen it. you never seen it? He dresses up yeah. as a woman? I, I know what it is. Oh, just... man. Iconic. Iconic. Like, Robin Williams, so talented. Very sad that he's not with us today. Absolute legend. It would have been his birthday today. It's also the birthday. We've got some pretty weak birthdays today. I'm not going to front. DeAndre Jordan, the Aggie, 35. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Ty. It's slim pickets he, today. He's, he's put me through a lot as Mavericks fan. So. That's right. Lock, the lock-in in Houston with yeah. him and Doc Rivers and Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. That was a weird time. Yeah, I'm happy we didn't get him that time. And then we did sign him. I mean, that lasted like a year. He gave y'all nothing. <laughs> nothing. He, gave, he was washed. Then. He somehow finessed the ring, stayed in the league long enough, was on that Nuggets team. When they put him in, they like he probably played 10 minutes the whole finals. At least he played, though. Yeah, at least he played. And it was one of the worst 10 minutes that I've ever seen. I was like, okay, that, when Jokic's going to get ready, doesn't we need much to get bounce. him out. No, and that's all he had. <laughs> when he was coming out of Houston and A&M to the league. And, I remember him at A&M. He did nothing but rebound. That's it. That's it. But he had the potential. And if he got with the right point guard, which was Chris Paul was the right point guard, they just couldn't get over the hump, those Clippers teams, because Blake would always be hurt. Chris would always be hurt. If they were healthy, who knows what could have been. So shout out to DeAndre Jordan, a Houston native, 35th birthday. CC Sabathia's birthday today. He turns 43, the lefty that used to throw heat. The for, hefty lefty. Hefty lefty. Used to throw heat for the Indians, now Guardians, and the Yankees. I I always thought he was cool because he rocked Jordans, too. Like, he was a part of the Jumpman brand. Like, as for, with the spikes? Yeah, with the spikes. So he would always wear, like, J's that you would see on the court. They would just throw spikes on them. Like, Jeter had his own Jordan shoe. Mm-hmm. So I, I wish Jeter would have like went back. Like you have to promote your own shoe. It's your shoe. It Jeter doesn't really seem it. like a Jordan, a flashy guy, right? Like that, though, right? But he's a winner, which made sense to what Michael Jordan was doing. And yeah, like a lot of guys now, I think I don't know if Mookie Betts rocks Jays, but a lot of guys rock Jays in the MLB. And we had Jeter. I wish he would have rocked because with the pinstripes, you could wear some Jordan 11s, the patent leathers. Like, you could really mix it up. Some Jordan 1s. Like, I know Dak Prescott rocks Jays for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And I think he can't rock a certain number of Jordans because of his foot situation. When his foot getting turned around, I don't think he can wear Jordan 1s anymore. Are you saying physically? Physically, yeah. No, he can wear them, like, but he can't play in them. Excuse me. He can't play. Because that's what it happened. What it happened? Then? I don't. That was like his leg, though, was it not? It was, yeah. That was leg, gross. foot. I don't know. Either way, Ooh. it was nasty. And I thought yeah. you were saying that he's like pigeon toed. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that, that could be an issue. Maybe that's why I threw so many interceptions no, last year. No, 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 no. But yeah, man, I love when athletes that, you know, aren't in basketball rock Jays. It's very cool to see. It's also David Carr's birthday. Um, yeah, he's a decent analyst guy, but at the end of the day, him being the former number one pick for the Houston Texans. First ever, right? Yeah, their first ever pick. He was a bust. And, I know, mean, he didn't really have much of a shot with that O line that they put true. around him. Mean, well, he had Andre Johnson. That's it, right? I don't even know if he had him at first. 
Like I took a little. That was bit. a year after though. Like, uh, a couple years, maybe. But yeah, yeah, for a little bit. But I'll talk be- about a waste of a Hall of Fame career, right? Andre. I loved Andre Johnson. He was a dog. Oh, man. The Him way and Cortland Finnegan when they fought ra- that one, one time. One of the just... greatest fights of all time. Like, Cortland Finnegan, he was a what was he? What was he thinking, though? I mean, he loved it. After he, That's how you know you're crazy. When you get that two-piece, because Andre Johnson got some shots in there. And Cortland Finnegan, he was smiling. still talking, smiling, <laughs> talking crazy. I do like that. Yeah. Bitch, yeah! You bitch, yeah! Like, he was still talking mess. That's how you know somebody's crazy. When you get your ass whooped and you're still talking, which... He's given, coming around for a sucker punch. Yeah, I like, guess he's a sucker punch type of guy. But, like, he knew that it was going to get broken up eventually, so you could still talk mess. And Andre Johnson, he was willing to meet that guy in the back at Reliant Stadium. An absolute dog, I agree with you. It's also National Junk Food Day. Favorite junk food you go to? I know you you like uh, tortilla I, I with sugar and stuff like that. That's <laughs> not sort of butter tortillas. Butter tortillas, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big snack guy, really, like candy or chips or anything like that. And I don't really put fast food in the junk food category. Okay. And when I think junk food, I think snacks. Yeah. But if I had to pick a favorite chip, probably just good old Cheetos. Oh, okay. Just a regular, not hits, my right? flaming hot. Just regular I mean, I Cheetos. like flaming hot with a lime too. Okay, but. Cheetos and then candy, peanut M Ms. Okay, interesting. In the freezer. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I just get in different moods. It depends. Like I'm a junk food fanatic. Every <laughs> chip you could possibly think of, from Ruffles to Lay's. Well, you got the big bags of the big, like, ba- oh, the man, big bags in the pantry. Like, it just depends on what I'm feeling at the time. Like that's what it is. I'm the, a big candy keep, guy. You keep stuff stocked at your house though, or you gas no, like go to the gas station. I, I try to keep stuff stocked just to save a little bit of paper instead of like going every day to get something. <laughs> like I try to buy in a bulk as much as I can, but then stuff can get stale very fast. Exactly. That that turns me off. So I'm I'm bougie when it comes to my snacking and stuff. But that's because like when I was little I I didn't have that luxury. Like my parents did a really good job of making sure that oh, we, ate we venison weren't crazy. Every night. Oh wow. Didn't even know it for the first few years. Like spaghetti, venison meat, tacos, venison meat, meatloaf, venison meat. Interesting. And then leftovers. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. Okay. I know I've, I've had I'll, venison. I'll get you some, my dad well, I'll get you some elk meat. My dad's got a, a freezer full of it. And every time we go, he's like, Need some meat. <laughs> like, I'm like I'm full at my house. I'm good. That is seriously country. Absolutely. But I'll take so I haven't had deer in a long time. Elk's like, it's even been a better. Minute. Like an elk steak. Uh huh. Like Joe Rogan does it. Okay. That's like the best meat you'll you'll eat in I'll, your life. I'll try anything food wise. Like I'll try anything at least once. Like I don't knock it till you try it. Like I'm one of those guys. It's so good stuff. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. That is Ty Henderson joining me today, filling in for Chad Hastings. I am Zay Collier. Gonna wrap up our three. Ball don't lie. Coming up after us from three to seven. Mike Harge, Rod Babers, Patrick Davis. My guys, they are coming up right after us. This is the Horn 1049 1019 AM1260. Stream at hornfm.com. Chad and Zay. Southside. 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 Southside.
Southside. Is this your Bowie Roots showing right here? Was this my what? Your Bowie Roots. That's Southside. My Bowie Roots. That's the Southside. I would like to say yes, but this ain't what Kiki was talking about <laughs> when he dropped this. He wasn't talking about Oak Hill. That is, that is not what he was talking about. Absolutely not. This is Chad and Zay. I am Zay Collier. That is Ty Henderson. Has been a great show today on the horn. We went outside during our break. And Mike Harge, Patrick Davis, and our technician Dave Williams, they were out there. And shout out to little Kiki for Southside, absolute classic. And Ty and I both went out there, and I told the guys, man, y'all, Ty did not know about Live in Color. And Harge, he looked like he just lost a lot of respect for you. Y'all's relationship might be completely changed from him knowing you know nothing about living color. He just waved his hand at me. Yeah, yeah, man. Patrick Patrick Davis was putting them on game, throwing out David Allen Greer and Tommy Davidson, and so was Dave and stuff. But, yeah, that's that era. We got somebody on the Specs text line that says, I am a 63-year-old white guy. I can tell you living color blue Saturday night live away. Another person said, as an 80s kid, Ty, you're killing me. Oh, well, I'm sorry. There's an age gap. There is an age I, I gap. Can't, but... I can't be. I can't be versed in it. Every part of media right, and, right. And, and culture. And that's so. why it's fun. That's why doing these shows is fun. And like that's why like all the lineups are fun throughout the day, from B and E to Light the Tower with Craig, Jeff, you know, and Cam, and you know, to us, Chad and Zay. Then you end with. Rod and Harge and Patrick, like everybody has their own personalities. All the age gaps are different. Everybody has their own backgrounds. And that's what makes radio fun. So appreciate everybody for rocking with us this week. Let's get to Stems and Seeds. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations, 512-255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. And yeah, Ty, Tom Brady is trying to make all type of money moves. He is now starting a new career as a team owner in the UIM E1 World Championship Electric Boat Racing. Other owners in this league, Rafael Nadal. So they'll be racing boats out here. And yeah, Tom just trying to get some money wherever he can get some money. I can't knock him. I might have to check that out and see how it goes. Also, what just came out today, Steph Curry just dropped a documentary, ironically called Underrated. Now, I don't know about that stuff. I get it. Like you went to Davidson, You're a point guard. You're not the biggest guy. You're not the fastest guy. But Steph Curry, you're not underrated. You're still 6'3". You're an NBA kid's son. (laughs) You've had the greatest coaching, the greatest teaching, the greatest people in your lives, like former NBA players, have given you game. You've seen it. You've, You've been there. You've done that. You grew up around it. There's nothing underrated about you. Now, he could definitely be, you know, I don't know what maybe the word he's talking is. in terms of the all-time greats. Still, he's one of the. I I don't even think that he was a first-round pick. The only thing that's underrated was his team at Davidson in college. That's it. Other than that, 
He's not underrated. I don't know. Like, he wins maybe two more championships. He might have a, a claim at greatest of all time. Who knows? I, yo, and that's what I'm saying. Ain't nothing underrated about that. I get it. He's a point guard, but they should have got a different name. Steph Curry, come on now. Being an NBA player, son, you are not underrated. Appreciate everybody for rocking with me the whole week. Bucky Gottball, Cameron Parker, Keenan Womack, and Ty Henderson. Ty, thank you again, brother. You are a great mind in this business, a great young mind. I love us young cats out here just, you know, having each other's back and stuff, and I will always have your back. Thank you for rocking with me on Chad and Zay today. Well, thank you. It was a good time. Absolutely. Absolute good time. We will be back on Monday at noon. Chad Hastings will be back. We know we got final shows. I get it. It's sad, but we are going to have fun and give y'all the best of us as we ride off into the sunset. Y'all have a great weekend. This is The Horn, Chat and Zay, 1049-1019-AM1260. I am Zay Collier. Y'all be cool.